Hello everyone, this is Art Gelwix, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Being Productive. Since we're all about being efficient and effective at work and at home, let's get started. Well, this is something totally new for Being Productive. We're going to have an interview on this episode, and I'd like to introduce a friend of mine, Augusto Punaud. Augusto is a productivity coach, so what I'm going to ask him to do is tell us a little bit about what that actually means, and then I'm going to throw some questions at him and see if he can't give us some insight into how to be a little bit more productive. So, Augusto, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Art. It's a pleasure to, for me to be here. Yeah, this is, like I said before, this is new territory for this. So we'll see how this goes. I'm, I'm setting, we connected, so that's the first step. <laughs> Anything beyond that is gravy at this point. So, yes, so it is. Now, just, just to lay the groundwork for everybody listening, uh, Augusto and I also participate in another podcast with two other gentlemen, Ray Sidney Smith and Francis Wade, uh, called Productivity Cast, where we sit around in basically kind of a roundtable and discuss whatever productivity topics come to mind and whatever ones Ray sends out to us in advance. So the assumption is, is that we all have some sort of background in productivity and productivity recommendations and training and coaching. And I know, Augusto, you are actually a productivity coach. So can you tell a little bit about what that truly means beyond just the title? Of course. Yeah, I do. So I do coaching, I do productivity coaching, and I also do coaching to small business owners. And what I, what my job is, it is to help you connect invisible dots, or at least that's how I describe it. You know, most of us has things to do, responsibilities, things that are pulling or pushing you on every direction. And it is hard to focus on the right ones to really move forward and to move forward to where we wanted to go. You know, I have a new podcast coming in called Coaching Questions. And, and the reason of that is because this question you asked me is a question that I heard often, you know, okay, you're a productivity coach, but exactly what is a coach? What is a productivity coach? And my job a lot of times is to ask the hard questions and serve as an accountability partner for you. Um, with all the distractions pulling and pushing all of us has, it's hard sometimes to identify where we are going to go. I work a lot with people. I have a program called When Success Tastes Like Failure. It's part of the productivity coach. Oh, it's one of the programs. And it is a program designed for the people who have gone to this point where from the outside, they are successful. Hey, they hold the job, they have the title, they have the income or not the income, but, but they are successful on the outside. And on the inside, they are not. On the inside, they feel miserable. They don't know where to go. They are confused. And part of help these people to 
focus on the right dots and help them connect the right dots and get them back to that, you know, balanced place where you are, your external match, your internal, where your productivity match where you want to go. You know, I tell the story at a client who, when we start working, you know, his professional life was really in control, but his personal life was completely chaotic. And it was teaching this person from things like, okay, let's get a menu. I don't need a menu. Okay, then why would you don't need a menu? And the reason he, this person has his reasons not to have a menu until we were able to connect that personal side with the way this person managed his professional side and build that bridge between how you manage one part of your life versus how you manage or mismanage, in many cases, the other part. And other clients have a start, you know, on the opposite side. Hey, they have a great control over their personal life and life feels like it's going nowhere and they don't know how to fix it. And that's part of what I do. Uh, the other part involves playing with technology and teaching people how to get the most out of their devices. You know, one of the questions that I tend to ask the most is what is your primary device? Uh, what is your, think about for a moment, where is the computer that you spend the most? And even that the answer in many cases is my mobile phone, not everybody recognizes that their mobile phone is their primary device and is their primary computer. So it sounds like to me from what, what you're describing from the beginning, the, the psychological part of being productive is as important, if not more important, than the mechanics of ticking boxes and laying out timelines and things like that. Because you could be doing all of that extremely well and still not feel like you're actually accomplishing anything. Am I right? That is, that is correct. That, that is correct. Not only that, you may be marking the, all the wrong boxes. Interesting. So when, when you're talking with someone, what would you say is probably the most common mistake that you run into that people come to you with? The common mistake is people tend to overplan the next 12 months and underplan the next three years. When you ask people, what are your plans, your goals, your objectives for the next 12 months? People come with a list, say for argument, 10 things. Okay, great. Now let's focus in the next three years and they come with three. <laughs> and that happened over and over. So what this creates is a sense of frustration because what happened is at the end of the 12 months, they may have reached six of those 10. And then what produces the frustration that I overplan, I don't do it, then why I'm going to plan the three years. And what happened with this is we overcommit for the first years to the level of frustration and the undercommit to the three years to the level that then we missed opportunities. Now that sounds pretty tough to go through and do that level of planning. I know a lot of people, and I would consider myself in this group at times, 
where it's hard to plan for the next 12 days, sometimes even 12 hours, depending on what's going on, much less 12 months and then three years. Uh, where, where should somebody start? Well, a lot of these plans is not necessarily about the detail of how we are going to get to there, but it's to know where do you want to go. So, for example, if we pick this podcast as an example, and can I ask you, okay, Art, where do you want this podcast to be in 12 months? Okay, and then I go, okay, and what do you want this podcast to And where, what do you want this podcast to bring you? What kind of lifestyle do you want this podcast to bring you? Hey, you know, I would love to do this podcast, for example, and get invited to other podcasts and this kind of podcast. That is the kind of planning that you need for the three years. You don't need to know, okay, I want to have 1,352 listeners, but you need to at least to know what you are doing that. Because what that produces is activate the reticular system on the brain that then pay attention to opportunities. If you say, I want this podcast to, so I'm giving us an example, to allow me to get invited to other podcasts, okay, that automatically opens your brain for opportunities. If you don't have that idea clear, what happens is you're going to get an invite and are going to start thinking, okay, do I have the hour? Do I have the hour? When you get that email and you have that goal clear, you have now the answer of where to go. The other thing with this is I work with my clients in two things. Define what are the three top three things personally that you want to accomplish and your top three goals professionally and everything need to pass through that filter. Okay. Uh, my recommendation is personal first, career second. But I have worked with people who say, I don't care about the personal careers, only for me. Great. Then let's work that way. Because when you come right now and work comes to you right now, you say my important things are, you know, family, kids, and my exercise. Great. And your bus come at 4.55 p.m. and says, all right, I need you to stay three hours more. Okay. Well, should I stay? Will that help my career? If you don't have those six things clear, it's hard to make those decisions. And we all gave those decisions left and right. When you have those clear, now you can put it through that filter. Okay, I have a baseball game today at seven. If I stay three hours, there is no baseball game. Okay, but if this relationship with my son is important, can the relationship is right now in a place where I can renegotiate this agreement with my son, yes or no? And the answer sometimes is yes. But the answer sometimes is, I have renegotiated with this dude the last three weeks. No, I cannot do it today. It, it sounds good, I have to say. I mean, it does sound good. And it sounds like something that someone who's challenged with you know, trying to have a good sense of success with what they're doing should be pursuing. So what's the first step? I mean, if, if you had to pick out of anything, one step that somebody could go and do and with the greatest likelihood of being successful of accomplishing that step and feeling that positive forward momentum, what would you recommend? First thing I will recommend to anybody is discover what are the top priorities that you have on your life and the top three priorities that you have 
on your profession. I create a product called the Impact Journal and I'm more than happy to create a link and and give it for, for free to your listeners. They can go click on the link and download a copy. That this process will is usually a three-day process and will allow them to define those three top personal and top three professional things to start doing this filtering system, to start collecting and connecting where they are and where they want to go. You are not going to get where you want to go randomly, or most people don't at least. So you need to define where you want to go and what you are going to start doing little by little to be able to get closer to that point every day. Now, productivity experts and productivity coaches always sound good, but there's still people too. So here's the hard question. What's the one thing you struggle with? Oh, I struggle with this. I need to put through the filter every day. You know, when you invite me to to record this podcast, okay, I immediately it's a great opportunity. It is, and I'm really grateful. But how this is going to affect everything else. Okay, if I say yes to this commitment, how is going to affect the other commitments I have? And and I agree with you on that. It's one of the problems sometimes of us productivity coaches is that from the outside feels like, oh, this guy has everything in control. Well, no, we the only real difference between me and, and other people is that I have learned how to get back into control faster. It's not that I don't get out of control, it's that I can get out of control. I can get in control much faster, out of control too, but in control much faster. I can go and review my list. I have doing, for example, if, if you look into the getting things done methodology, I've been doing weekly review consistently since 2006 or seven. So you're talking about 13 years of coming every Friday, have a cup of coffee and spend looking in my system. I do something that I call the extraordinary hour where I spend one hour a week thinking on a problem. It's all that I do. And those things had allowed me over the years to being able to understand when I am out of control and more importantly, when I am getting back and how can I get back into control? That's a really interesting observation that you, that you recognize that things can get out of control and it's more important to recover than it is to panic about them getting out of control in the first place. That's, that's a big maturity step, I think, for a lot of people who are trying to become more productive to, to make that acknowledgement. Now, you had, you had mentioned that you're also a tech guy, when, especially when it comes to productive tech. What, so you got to share with the audience, what's your favorite platform and what's your favorite tool? So I live on iOS. Um, I, been, I wrote in 2013 a book called iPad Only with Michael Selinsky of Nosby. And I've been... Uh, using an iPad as my main driver since 2012. Uh, because of what I do, I also, you, if you look around my office, you will find two iPads, a Chromebook, and a Mac. Uh, 
because it helps me when I'm helping clients. Not everybody uses an iPad. So I want to be able to, when I'm coaching a client who, which main machine is a Chromebook, to be able to help, to be able to understand what they're seeing, how they're seeing, how it works. Plus, I'm going to say, as you mentioned, we co-host uh, with Ray, Sidney Smith, and Francis, Wade Productivity Cast. You know, if you go and listen to the old, old episodes two years ago, it was an interesting difference where the Chromebooks and the iPads were that more and more coming to 2020, they, do they have difference? Yes, they do, but they are more close to each other on functionality. It's not... It's not that they are inferior. It's actually they are probably pretty even. There's one or two things that one do over the other one, but they are pretty solid. So, but my platform, without any doubt, is iOS. I love the fact that I can move from one iPad to the other to the phone, and everything works exactly the same. Okay, since you're an iPad guy, what's your favorite app? Oh, that's a challenging one. Uh, I will need to say on that one. Well, you didn't think I was going to give you easy questions. Come on. I've been softballing you the whole time. I wanted easy questions. OmniFocus OmniFocus is where my world moves. Uh, On top of OmniFocus, there is an application called GoodReader that allows me basically to create notebooks or have a notebook and write and copy pages and everything else. Probably those two are on my working iPad, the two applications that I use the most uh, on. Uh, so I will say, I will say that OmniFocus and uh, GoodNotes. Yeah. In the iOS world, OmniFocus, I hear all the time. People just, just love its capabilities. I think if I remember correctly, that Ray's a fan of it as well. Um, and I know just uh, hundreds of thousands of other people use and count on OmniFocus uh, for their types of tools and input in implementations. So that's, that's you know, good. OmniFocus, uh, OmniFocus there... has done something really, really well that was really criticized many, many years ago when they decide OmniFocus is a small software company in Seattle. And when they launched the product, they, this was a product that was created by mistake. Uh, in the sense that it was, they never intend to create OmniFocus. They created an application called OmniOutliner. And what happened was people started using OmniOutliner out, sorry, OmniOutliner to, to get productivity. And then came something called, if I remember correctly, Kingcast GTD. And they were clever enough to see the opportunity to create OmniFocus. And even that the people has claimed to please produce it to other platforms over the years, they stay on the iOS and the Mac. And that had allowed them to create a really, really solid application. Recently in 2019, they finally released um, a web application or a web interface so that you can now access your OmniFocus on any web browser. That's that's fantastic. That's the kind of stuff that really can make a difference for people when you think about portability and access and just making it an integral part of your system. So I've got one last question for you. If you and someone else got onto an elevator and you've got about 30 seconds between the floor you're on and the floor you're both going to get off and that person turns to you and says, you're a productivity coach. What's some, what's 
piece of advice would you give me right now to be so I could be more productive? The doors have now closed. Elevators. Stop reading email on your phone. Oh, really? And why is that? Because most people have the ability to read email on the phone, but not act on that email on the phone. What that produces, you're going to read that same email three or four times in, before you act something that makes you numb to the email and the information you're going there. So unless you can process and you have the technical skills to process your email there, don't open email on your phone. Doors have opened. Thank you so much. That I totally did not expect you to say, don't read email on your phone. That's really interesting. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have you back in another episode just to talk about that particular aspect of it because that's, that's, that's kind of crazy. But for today, um, I want to say thank you for joining me. This has been an eye-opening conversation in a lot of aspects, not just from the things you talk about and the things you do, but the opportunity of starting to delve into some of these topics in, in deeper detail. Um, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do uh, it? They can find me on my website, productivityvoice.com. Um, and that, that probably is the easiest way, all the contact, all the social media links and everything else. Yeah. Okay. I will put links to Augusto's site, uh, to his book, and to anything else he wants to provide to me in the show notes for this episode. Uh, again, Augusto, thank you so much for joining me. This was this was really enjoyable, and we will definitely do it again in the I'm future. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for listening today. If you found this interesting and useful, and you'd like to hear more, make sure you subscribe to Being Productive on the podcast app of your choice so you never miss an episode. We'd also love it if you'd become a supporter of the show by using the link in the show notes. Also, please like and share this and other episodes so we can help as many people as possible in being productive. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.